Before I begin, I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land on which this work was developed and is presented. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome back to the Community Library, a podcast and book club for anyone interested in stories and how and why we tell them. I'm your host, Angowry Rice. Up until the beginning of this year, every single book I catalogued in my Goodreads library had a rating out of five stars attached to it. Sometimes in the review box, I would specify half-star ratings, since that's not an option on Goodreads. But at the start of 2021, I decided I wasn't going to rate books using the star rating for a whole year. Hi, I'm Angowry Rice. If you're new here, I'm a big reader, I'm a podcaster, an actor, and an occasional book reviewer. If you like all things books and pop culture, then you are in the right place. I make a new episode every Sunday. Some are more casual and chatty like this one, and some are more formal video essays. So feel free to take a look around and subscribe on your podcast app. To the point today, it's now been almost six months without giving books a star rating, and I just wanted to check in with how I feel about it. For some context, if you are new to the online book community, the main platform that book lovers use to catalogue their reads is Goodreads. This website has an extensive database of books and it allows readers to catalogue, shelve and review books. And it has lots of other features too, such as discussion threads, uh, recommendation lists, polls, blogs, surveys, all sorts of things like that. And Goodreads offers three options for reviewing a book. A five-star rating, a written review, or both. And despite it being the primary book cataloging website for people in the online book community, Goodreads is not universally loved. If you've used their website, you'll know, but if you haven't, um, just one look and you can see that the interface hasn't been updated much since 2009, unlike Instagram, for example, which has changed its look considerably to become sleeker and more polished. Goodreads has still stuck to its beige, brown, and green color scheme. It uses a simple font and pretty old school internet buttons and functions. But Goodreads influence has been significant on the online book community. And there's a reason that most people reviewing books online choose the five star system rather than, for example, a 10 star system like IMDb. That's a website similar to Goodreads, but for movies. The five-star rating system wasn't invented by Goodreads by any means, but I think its prevalence in the book community is heavily influenced by the popularity of Goodreads. And though we've stuck with the five-star rating format, many online book reviewers have tailored it to fit their needs, implementing half and quarter stars. (laughs) At this point, I wonder why a book rated 3.5 shouldn't just become a 7 out of 10. Similarly with quarter stars, when I see a 2.75 rating, I just like, I just really want to make it into a 5.5 out of 10. (laughs) I've seen countless YouTube videos of booktubers talking about how they use the five star rating system because it's really different for each user. For example, there are some people I follow who very, very rarely give out five stars and give out one stars all the time. But for me, for example, I tend to reserve a one-star rating for a book I find actively offensive. And any books that I just didn't like, I give a two-star. 
But we are not here to talk about my former star rating system. We're here to talk about why I stopped using it. As I mentioned, I've seen many people tailor the star rating system to fit them. And at the beginning of 2021, I just realized that the star rating system wasn't fitting me anymore. I found it was helpful when singling out my favorite books of the year. Easily, I could just look at all the books I gave five stars. And so it worked for me in that sense. But when it came to the middle star ratings of two, three, and four stars, that's when it really got muddled. Mostly, I was just conscious of seeming too mean. (laughs) I felt like I didn't have the time or energy to write in-depth reviews of books, but distilling my complex feelings about a book into just two stars below average, like that just felt so nasty. It didn't only feel nasty because, you know, I want to please everyone and be a peacemaker and never say anything bad. Um, But it also felt nasty because it just felt disingenuous. It didn't feel sincere because I knew that a simple two out of five stars wasn't an accurate representation of how I felt about the book. It was kind of, I don't know, it kind of felt like a disservice to the book almost. And I found myself running into problems trying to rate books objectively versus enjoyment. For example, I love the Confessions of Georgia Nicholson series by Louise Renison. Every time I reread the series, I love it. It's so funny and nostalgic and just overall a great reading experience. I think on Goodreads, the ratings of that series range from three to five stars, most of them being a four star. But how do I compare Confessions of Georgia Nicholson with the children's book by A.S. Byatt, which I also rated four stars? The children's book is a 500-page historical literary fiction novel. The font was so small and the writing was so dense. And overall, I didn't enjoy reading it as much as I enjoyed reading Georgia Nicholson. But I do think the children's book is a complex and detailed narrative with many, many layers to it. And this doesn't make it inherently better than Confessions of Georgia Nicholson. It's just that these two books are so different. They can't really be compared. Georgia Nicholson is a five-star book for a 13-year-old, whereas the children's book would probably be a two-star for a 13-year-old. Each book sets out to do something different. It targets a different audience. It targets a different genre. And each book achieves their goal in a very different way. (laughs) So a possible solution to this would be to use the five-star rating system as a completely subjective system. And I know that Emma from Drinking By My Shelf on YouTube does this. She was talking about it recently in a video that this five-star system is completely based on her own enjoyment of a book, nothing else. She doesn't try to be objective, she just rates based on her reading experience. But where I run into difficulty here is that, again, low ratings just feel so dismissive because often a low rating isn't because I think the book is objectively bad, it's just not for me. So I abandoned the star rating system at the beginning of 2021, and instead I pledged to write a short review for every single book I read during the year. (laughs) And how has it been going so far? Well, six months in, I have read, as of today, 38 books, and I love it. I am loving not giving star ratings. I think it was best at the beginning. At the beginning of the year, I just felt like this overwhelming sense of freedom. I've gotten used to it now, so it doesn't have its same magic. But I found that it actually changed the way that I read books. Because before, when I was using star ratings, I noticed that my thought pattern while reading was, oh, how am I going to rate this book? 
And now, like, especially at the beginning of the year, I would still have that thought process of like, how am I going to rate this book? And then I would correct myself and be like, oh, wait, I don't have to. And after not feeling that pressure to rate a book, um, it eventually changed my thought pattern. And now I just don't even think about putting it into a star rating. So I think you know, it changed my reading experience and also my expectations of a book. So before, if I was reading a book and had already kind of determined it as a three star in my mind, I was very unlikely to change my mind about it. I hadn't even gotten to the end and like the poor book would be categorized in the meh three stars pile in my head. And often if I had categorized a book like that halfway through, it didn't make it out into a four star or a five star. So now reading a book with the anticipation of a review rather than a star rating, I've noticed that my thought process while reading the book is a lot more observational and open. Rather than looking for solid things I didn't like and solid things I liked to determine how many stars I take away or add, instead of doing that, I approach my feelings in a much more subtle way, in a more open way. It's allowed me to let the book kind of wash over me as I read it because I don't have any pressure or expectation to simplify my thoughts into a number. I can just let the thoughts exist as they stand and write them down in a review. And how's it been going? Writing a short review for every single book I read. That is now 38 reviews. Well, I'm a bit behind. It's more like 36 reviews. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it is a bit frustrating. I finish a book and I am too busy to sit down and write a review for it. But something that's really helped me is that I've let go of there needing to be a set format for the review. I don't give myself a list of criteria that I have to hit, like synopsis, genre, target audience, characters, plot, themes. I don't always have to address these things. I don't have to address the historical context. I don't have to address the target audience. I can just choose what's relevant to me and my thoughts at that moment. My reviews aren't supposed to be a comprehensive discussion or essay. They can be as brief or as in-depth as I like, and it really just depends on how I'm feeling. But I have noticed a strange pattern with the length of my reviews. My reviews for books that I didn't like are often shorter. And I find this quite interesting because I can rant about the things I love for a very long time, but I can rant about the things I hate for even longer. So I find it very curious that the two books I've read this year that really stand out as ones that I didn't like have some of the shortest reviews. I think this is perhaps indicative of why I didn't like these books, though. Um, I thought they lacked substance and I just didn't connect with them. Even if I passionately dislike a book, that still means I connected to it, just in a way that sparked frustration instead of love. (laughs) Whereas with these two books that I really didn't like, I found that I just didn't have much to say because I thought the book didn't have much to say, and that's why I didn't like it. So I thought that was very interesting. If you're curious, the longest review I've written so far this year was for The Pursuit of Love and Love in a Cold Climate by Nancy Mitford. That review comes in at just over 500 words. This isn't surprising, uh, considering this is actually two books in one, but they're published together. So, And I read them as part of like the same volume, so I wrote one review. <laughs> Even so, it was a long book, but not the longest I've read this year, and I just had a lot to say about it, and it was really impactful to me. The shortest review I've written this year was for The Elements of Style by William Strunk Jr. and E.B. White, at only 84 words. (laughs) 
<laughs> Again, uh, this is expected, not because I didn't like the book, I actually really did, um, but because The Elements of Style is a short non-fiction guide to grammar and writing style. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, the edition that I have, I got for my birthday this year and it's really beautifully illustrated, but there's just not much to say on it in a review because it's basically an instruction manual. There's only one book I've read this year that I decided to not write a review for, and that's Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging by Louise Renison, the first book in the Georgia Nicholson series. It was a reread and I didn't have anything new to say about it. <laughs> Overall, I've really enjoyed the experience of abandoning the star rating system and instead writing reviews. It's taken so much pressure off <laughs> and I find myself thinking more critically while reading a book rather than focusing on, you know, distilling my thoughts into a single number. If you sometimes feel overwhelmed by the seemingly arbitrary nature of the five star rating system, I do recommend trying to give it up if only for a month. I wasn't sure how the experiment was going to go, if I was going to give up at the end of the first week, but I've actually really enjoyed it and I'm going to keep going with this to the end of the year and then, yeah, reevaluate again and check in with you all. If you'd like to read my reviews, I am posting almost all of them on the Storygraph, which I will have linked to in the show notes. If you haven't heard about the Storygraph, it offers a very similar service to Goodreads. It's a book cataloging website but it's independently run and owned and they have a great relationship with their community. They are constantly adding updates to the site. They are taking on suggestions from the users. They also have so many features that Goodreads doesn't offer, such as quarter star ratings, if that's your cup of tea. They also have a did not finish option, reading challenges, which are so fun. That's my favorite. I'm hosting a reading challenge this year, actually. It's based on Taylor Swift's album Folklore. So if you're interested, you can join that. <laughs> and they also collect all your reading data for you and present it in really beautiful, aesthetically pleasing graphs. <laughs> so I highly recommend if you love that sort of stuff, it's free to join, uh, but you can pay a membership fee to get a few extra features uh, and more input into the development of the site. I'm on a paid membership um, just because I love the website so much and they seem like a really great company. Also, if you already have an established Goodreads account, the Storygraph can automatically import your data for you so you don't have to start from scratch. None of this is sponsored, by the way. <laughs> I just genuinely really love the Storygraph and I want everyone to use it. <laughs> That's all from me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are new here, the Community Library is not only a podcast, but also a book club. Our book club pick for May is The Prime of Miss Jean Brodie by Muriel Spark. This is a 1961 novella about an eccentric teacher and the six pupils she takes under her wing. It's a really short classic, very accessible, so I hope you read along with us. I'll be discussing this on Sunday the 30th of May. This was one of my more casual, chatty episodes, so if you liked this, there are some other episodes you might like linked in the show notes. If you're more into essays and in-depth discussions, I also have a bunch of episodes like that on Taylor Swift, Shakespeare, Jane Austen, Percy Jackson, Twilight, so take a look around if that's something that interests you. If you like, you can follow me on Instagram at the underscore community underscore library. And very on theme with this week, uh, you can also give the podcast a star rating on iTunes or write a review or both. <laughs> Until next week, I hope you're taking good care of yourself and uh, hopefully reading a five-star book. Bye. Bye.